Yes, yes, yo, you don't stop, Big John. Come rocking the short shot. Welcome back. Call to Prepared HQ. Fastest show on MLB. Absolutely anywhere. Take that one to the bank. Baseball's version of Sparta. We give to the book nothing and take from them everything. Yeah, baby. Grab the spear. Grab the shield. Get ready to form the fade links and make some money. BGC, Crypt Zombie, what's up? Mi gente. Really appreciate you. Really, just some of the... Some of the Followership, viewership. I hate to like, right? Because we're all close here. Man, second to none, sharpest comment section anywhere on the web. All right, we got two games. We are all winding down. It's championship series time. I'm so torn. I, I think a lot of baseball fans go through this, right? All of us, us degenerates, right? One of us. We get these really bad reputations online and in public for just not caring, right? You're so cold, you only care about your bets. Yeah, we care about our bets. But a lot of us are baseball fans. I, I feel like in baseball especially. There's a, you know, you have a team. They probably stink. It's really hard to win a World Series. And that makes, you know, the rest of the games a lot of fun. But for me as a big-time Yankee fan, who kind of went through a lot, you know, they stunk when I was very little. They looked the worst. Well, the Mets were good. They would go through a run. The Yankees start really playing great. And then the entire world becomes a fan of them which kind of watered it down. Then they go through the evil empire thing, try to buy titles. It doesn't work. Right, so we've all had our up and down. I'm not used to the Yankees really not being in the dance. They deserve it. That's what you get when you suck. When you suck, trading away viable pitching like Jordan Montgomery for a broken foot Harrison Bader that you released. Just god awful. You get, you know, you get what you deserve. Not to make this a Yankee show, but more about the people and you know how we react to it. But that's what I've been hearing a lot of it lately is. I love the games. I love the excitement. But man, it's hard to watch. And it, it feels that way. If you were watching that game yesterday, it's so funny. The box score just doesn't do any of it justice. It was Texas. They take a one-game lead. They play game two today. Brian E., what's up? And the National League starts today. We're going to jump into both games. But you guys know me, right? I'm not here to veneer anything and, you know, coat anything. Whitewash it. You tell me. Like, what do you use to break down the championship series? Guys gave us 160, 80 innings in the regular season. That now pretty much feels, like, irrelevant. Because it's it's the playoffs, man. It's the playoffs. It's a totally different animal. The numbers are hard to grab. They're broken as far as timing goes. You know, really wonky stuff. But hopefully we'll get you a couple plays... We have not had the most successful playoffs. I've always been more of a regular season veteran again, right? The lessons that we go over, the things we talk about, hopefully the honesty that I'm kind of portraying is there's like 7 billion opportunities to bet on baseball. Like you don't really need to force the best games, right? Pitch marquee pitching matchups and great offenses. What, where's the edge here? Granted, if you've got a sniff on a total or something, like you go for it. I'm not saying you should not bet it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you can't attain edge. But I will say... Gosh, man, I know a lot about this stuff. Right? We we have handicapped together, you and I, me and you, the Colton Pen crew. Five thousand baseball games. You know, fine, forget the weekends when we're not on. I still did my alcohol stuff Saturdays. I gotta be north of four thousand. You know, the opportunities are there, and I'd rather go for better pricing with you know, better edge with less attention. 
on the games. But to that last one, and then we'll move on. Was so Bregman is up with a man on in the ninth. He does what he does best in Houston is try and pull a ball into the Crawford boxes. And this is where I'm telling you the box scores just don't do it justice. He destroyed that ball. And if you know about the Crawford boxes, right? It's so it's left field, and there's a very hard cutout. Right? It's a very hard cutout in left field brings in that fence. And if you're a dead pull hitter, oh Rob D, what's up, kid? It, it, it helps, right? It pans the home run stats a little bit, right? Deadpool hitters are going to thrive in Houston. My gosh. I mean, it was probably five feet off that corner, which means he's probably like, like a half a degree of spray pulled more. That game is tied in the ninth, and then who knows? But Texas wins it 1-0. Really kind of exciting stuff. And again, I meant, right? That's what I was talking about. I'm, I'm like on the edge of my seat. Going, what? I don't care. I kind of... I kind of dislike the Astros. You know, from a baseball standpoint, analytically, a very strong Tim York. Good morning. I like the, you know, I like the way the Astros do it. It's pitching and it's hitting. They got Jordan Alvarez, very likable. You know, I don't, it's just, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, the garbage pail thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Altuve with the, with the, the shirt rubbed me the wrong way. You know, I'm not an Astro fan, but I find myself just rooting for like this playing baseball. Hard not to root for the Rangers getting Max Scherzer back. Not today, but he should be back. They're really feeling, it's just feeling right, right? There's something about that in the playoffs. That's what I mean. You never heard me say that in six months, not missing a single day. Me and Jay Bird on the ones and twos, best producer in the game, 130 some odd shows in a row. And you literally never heard me say that. It's about the juice. It's about the narrative. Who slept good? <laughs> but that's what it feels like in the playoffs. All right, let's get into it. Texas again at Houston. Texas plus 110 dog on the road. It's Eovalde against Framer Valdez. So, okay, here we go. Eovalde is a perfect example of what I was talking about with the regular season stuff and how you got to throw it away. No. But coming into the playoffs, you mentioned the fastball and it kind of degraded a little bit. And he lost some steam down the stretch. And we were worried about how that would carry over. Like, seemed pretty fair. Well... 13 and two-thirds later into the playoffs, two earned runs, 15 Ks without a single strikeout for Nasty Nate. Again, on the season, he showed us some love, right? The things that I look for, again, I wanted to frame that. Have you start to think about it? Again, right, this show hopefully is a bit more immersive than the other ones. You know, I'm not shooting off minus 250 plays that are stale or stupid. I don't commit myself to things I don't believe in and have you waste your money. Not worry about no bet better than a bad bet. Hopefully... At the very least, I could leave you with analysis, maybe a feather in the cap, something to take with you going forward and will help you execute if you want to bet. Like, if you want that ticket, hopefully I could lay out some of the stuff that'll get you there. So, what we do look for in the pitch, in the playoffs, impact pitching, I call it money starts. That's why I've been doing it every show on the way out. Again, quality starts kind of dumb. Money starts much better. A money start is seven innings minimum, two earned runs maximum. Right, the thing that moves the needles in the playoff, the thing that gets it to the big arms in the bullpen, gives you the ability to even lefty righty slop if you got swap if you have the specialist. Right, so the things that matter: ten quality starts, ten uh, quality starts out of twenty-five, which is not great, but five of those were money starts for Yavaldi. So he's shown that he also has two complete games this season: nine strikeouts twice. The Velo was up for the playoffs, and the that splitter is just killing it right now: thirty-five use, thirty-six whiff. 
which played out into the playoffs, I should say. That was the regular season. This was in the last game. I was just checking out under the hood what was going on. So Eovaldi had 29% CSW. That's um, cold strikes plus whiffs. On three of his four pitches against Baltimore. Funny enough, the one that he didn't was the curveball, which is probably his best pitch, or at least was during the season. If you remember, we use usage, X-slug, and whiff rate, deployment, contact quality, swing and miss ability to describe individual pitches. Yeah, there's no perfect way. What about moving? See, I know. You can't do it all. My mouth's only so big, right? But anyway, 13 use, 230 X-slug, 42 whiff. I mean, it's ridiculous. A 230 expected slug is a Plus 40 whiff. I mean, Evaldi looking like the best version of himself. I was doing a little bit of digging. My man Rob Friedman at Pitching Ninja, who I've, I've been lucky enough to have him on, you know, uh, speak to him once a year. Really one of my favorite children of the years. because He's the man. Just self-branding. He's brilliant. Cuts his own path. So he actually put out a little video on Evaldi, one of those kind of overlay things that he does so well. So I would just point you to that. At Pitching Ninja, that's Rob Freeman on Twitter. But basically, you're seeing a mechanical shift, a slight one, right? Uh, uh, kind of straighter shoulder and loading up the hip a little bit more. And he's getting big-time results. Nate mentioned it, right? So when you hear them talk about it, and then you see it visibly with brilliant people like Rob kind of laying it out for us, that's when, you know, those... That second half stuff that I was talking about, OPMG, Wagwan, that second half stuff kind of go, you know, goes out the window, right? We always want the larger sample. No one is no one's saying that, but you got to look at the playoffs a little bit differently. And again, in particular, the reason why we're more willing to jump on pitchers in small samples is because they can make that kind of change, right? So keep an eye on that for Ivalde. The straighter shoulder with the loaded hip has been everything for him. And you're seeing it reflected in the control. He hasn't walked on that batter, man. So Houston offense, second half versus righties, very good, right? Top three in average, top three in OBP, OPS, and all-important K-rate, very hard to strike out. Also really great to be able to combine those things, right? When you're combining a top OPS with a top K-rate, you're really doing something right. Top five WRC+. plus. Now versus Evalde this season, again, you know me, man. I'm out here trying to do some work so you don't have to. Trying not to do too much BVP stuff, but you're right. We're at the point, this is what we got, right? So Altuve was two for five. 20% bow rate, hit two homers. So if you're gonna, if you like anybody on Houston, it's gotta be Altuve. He's the key. And I guess it makes sense if he's gonna lead off to set the table. Though on that that play that I mentioned, that missed pull shot from Bregman that could have tied the game. Altuve, I guess, was a little bit more certain than he should have been, which I don't really get. Because if that thing falls, you're scoring. I think you're scoring kind of from second. But I guess, you know, he knows better than me. But he missed second on the comeback and got thrown out. So Altuve, you know, is a super cerebral player and like a hard-nosed playoff kind of dude. I would think he's going to be out looking sharp. But that would be my pick. I don't even know if I want to bet it. Do you want to bring up the Altuve total base prop, Jay? I mean, if we go for like a buck on stuff, I said these are all, this is all stuff I'm like, ah. Ugh. I mean, you get plus 150, which is... Really not bad, but you need two bases. You know, and Eovaldi's just been sick. I mean, he's hit him pretty good. If you want to drop a buck on a plus 150 like that, I, I guess we can go. I want to keep it really toned down again. I never want to mislead, and I want to make sure, as strict as I am, I'm putting on stuff that I'll go and bet on it, right? I put my money on this stuff, too. 
but unless I print it and pump it, it's you know, it's not the five hundred or whatever I would do when we put on something. You know, it's 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 significantly less. But I am right with you, of course. You know that. And then Tucker had a three thirty three batting average, but a thirty three percent hard hit rate and a two eighty six expected wOBA, which is not great. Again, we're talking about like a single game here, just whatever. They haven't really hit him hard, and he's looked awesome. Other side, Framer Valdez, we kind of nailed that. He did not match up well against those Twinkies. He went four and a third, gave up five, seven hits, five case, three walks. The, the career playoff stuff is very good. Just over 73 innings to a 382 ERA, 126 whip, but that's 70, 67% ground ball. Just ridiculous. 67% ground ball. He's so impossible to lift. Last time out, he really struggled. The sinker to change in the curve. Nothing induced more than four whiffs. And each one of those pitches got hit at least 103 miles an hour off the bat. So they all kind of missed and got hit hard. But he did face Texas three times. Versus Texas, six. Went six, gave up one, struck out seven, walked two. Versus Texas, went three and two thirds, gave up six. One strikeout, walked two. At Texas, went seven, gave up one, struck out four, walked four. Again, that course. So he got in one, the porn's too hot, the porn's too cold, the other one right in the middle. I'd like to think Framer's going to get, get it going. I think that's my where my stance is. Check it out. It's been Texas's inability to hit lefties. They really haven't hit lefties well. They're a very good right-hand hitting team, which kind of will help get you places. Might be something we see manifested in the numbers. I'm going to dig into this in the offseason. Hitting right-handers is good. But we might find there might be certain elements underneath there that might kind of be very helpful, right? That might portend success, let's say, for teams. Minnesota built this really great fastball hitting team, right-handed fastball hitting team. Then at the end of the year, start plugging in some lefties, right? Waller and Julien to complete the work. Texas, I'm a bit more worried about. Sorry, I had shoot. Had the projected lineup and I closed it. Yeah, it's been it's just been a rough go. They've really struggled against. They've all just struggled against lefties. All right, check it out. Second half first lefties. Texas Rangers second half first lefties. Two twenty nine batting average, second to worst, 29th in the league, and the rest was kind of math. Grossman's numbers were, were popping. I even gonna I don't even know if you're gonna see Robert Grossman. I maybe I guess actually my projected lineup has been third. I guess. He's probably back third against lefties down the stretch. So Grossman at 12-15 OPS against lefties second half, which is fantastic. Adolis at 9-15, huge drop-off, right? And then no one else above like 8-50. Texas really just kind of meh. In those games that I mentioned, right, Framber produced pretty well. Simeon homered, low homered in that middle game, right? But also Heim hit him hard. Those three, Simeon Lowe, Heim, had a 400 expected Woba versus Framber. But I think this is the one. I think I like the Astros today. Jay, what's the best price we can get on like an Astros money line? I, I saw minus 120. Money's starting to kind of come in slowly. Yeah, okay, so that's where it is. But again, you know what? While we're, Jay, you might as well clear your throat, homie. Right, we've been using bet stamp all year. Again, you know me, I, as much as I want to break down these two games and win a couple bets, more importantly, right, I want to leave you with the things that matter, right, the stuff that you'll look back and say, wow, I really want the show back. Maybe when it's off the air, I'll tweet Robizola and tell him I'm going to job doing. But we're using bet stamp because, again, people, yeah, pricing matters so, so much. What's the first thing you notice? It's what I say to him. 
check and see if it's at this price. You don't want to just be chasing stuff and telling you're running juice individual bets over like 160, 170 when you're paying that stuff. It, it, it slants the win-loss percentage. Also, bet Sam so good with understanding directionality. But Jay will tell you the rest about it, man. Yeah, for sure, John. I got you here. Uh, if you're looking to improve as a sports better, we find the easiest way to do so is to have multiple books and to always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp to get the best odds on everything. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book, including games, player props, and futures. Save time, save money. Download the app today. And if you're looking to support the show, uh, head over to betstamp.app forward slash call to the pen. If you sign up through that page, it helps support the show here. Uh, now back to John. Thanks, Jay. Awesome job as always. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah, so let's get Altuve bases with Houston when I think Houston gets to bounce back today. Though, you know, it's, it's going to be rough. I just think we maybe have the upper hand on a pitching side. Maybe Texas falls flat. Houston on the bounce back. Van Framber has kind of got it done. Has been pretty good in Texas. But like I said, I, I do worry. I want to filibuster some of these, the pitching props. You know, that's where I've kind of found some edge actually in the playoffs that I've really, that I've really liked. They're both at four and a half strikeouts. Okay, I think I like, oh, here's one. It's juiced up, but again, you know, I was saying that's how they get you in trouble. I kind of sound like a shtanada now. Jay, if you didn't lock any Astros win, i tell you the one I like most. And it's going to be juiced up. But again, I think you got to pay it. Because I'd rather win <laughs> than anything. They're both listed at 14 and a half outs. I wonder if you could parlay. If you could parlay those, I would. If not, I, I definitely like, I mean, Framer is at 14 and a half outs. Again, he faced Texas three times. He went six innings all three times. You know, Framer Valdez is, let me, let me check the log just so I'm not throwing it off. Again, if we're paying juice, we've got to make sure that the probability is there. And again, right, I mentioned directionality, the market you see there is a 15 out there. I wouldn't be surprised if this one's moving 14 and a half feels extremely low for Valdez. Maybe that, again, that's probably just because he got smoked. I don't really worry about that stuff. I don't mean, maybe it's to my own detriment. 31 starts from Valdez. Uh, he completed five innings or more, 28 times. So 28 out of 31, which is roughly like 90%. One of the three was against Texas. William Craig says, sounded like a no bet on the side to me. Don't hear the enthusiasm. I hear you. I, I, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd rather pay the juice on the Framber 14 and a half outs, minus 170, than pay the minus 120 for the win that I don't have any confidence in. Evaldi is so nasty. So, Jay, if we didn't lock in a... You want to go with the Evaldi over 14 and a half? Jay, I see you highlighted it, which generally is a hint. I would do that also. I actually like both. I like both of those better than I like the Houston side. So William Craig kind of stiffed me out. Hope I didn't come out as a fraud. But that's, man, it's part of it, right? You do a betting show. We're supposed to be giving out bets. And sometimes I feel weird not doing that. So I'm glad that I brought up the prop because those I, re I do really feel good about. I think you're getting five innings from both of these guys. Because I think it's going to be a slog either way. But I do like the Altuve bases. And other than that, probably probably the under in all these games. But again, I, I'm I'm not there. So let's go with the outs and the outs. I like that, Jake. Let's do that. And the plus money on the 
Altuve won. He wants to win one and a half. And then let's move it, move it on. Yeah, I'm out, I just really worry. I think Frame. I think Frame is going to shove today. Like that was my boy. But what is that? You know, this is a little bit of everything. He does have to play a track record, though. This last one was bad. He has a larger sample that's very good with a lot of distance against his team in particular. I mean, they smoked him once, but who hasn't Texas beaten up on? So, all right, let's go. I feel pretty good about the about the length there. Five innings. I I think both of them are hard. They both are really sharp. All right, next up. Can't believe it, just two games. Remember, we've been doing 15 of these a day. Arizona and those snakes with shapes on their back, plus 145. Doug on the road against the fighting fields, Broad Street bullies. Minus 120 favorite Zach Wheeler on the mound. Or PHI. Let's go, Zach Allen. So far in the playoffs, went six, gave up two, struck out four, walked three. And we kind of were going up against him in that first one. He gave up two. That was in that first inning. And like since then, he's been really darn good. We know he likes Gallon. Second one, five in the third. Gave up two. Struck out four, walked two. Not great. Arizona was being very, you know, um, careful. But I think they might have had a lot of runs on the board, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. The fastball is up a mile an hour against the Dodgers, so Gallon's feeling good. The four-seamer, the knuckle curve, and the change each had a 30 CSW in that game. Right, exactly where you want it to be. On the season, right, we know the curve and the change are so good. 367 max X log minimum 31 whiff. So when the fastball is good for Gallon, that's going to kind of resonate that butterfly effect, right? You drop the pebble in a pond and watch the circles go. That's going to have that positive effect. When Gallon's right, he's obviously one of the better, you know, best pitchers in the league. We know he struggled a touch on the road. Like his ERAs, I think I have it here. I think it's 4 uh, 4 opposed to like maybe 2 9 or even 3 or something. But a lot of the underpinning stuff is just not, it was not there. So I'm really not too worried about the splits at all. all. Everything checked out for me, more or less. You know, it wasn't really anything that I was too worried about. So it's looking like wheels up for down 20 quality starts in the year. He had 10 money starts, right? One complete game shutout, 10 strikeouts five times, right? So that's, all, again, how I like to look at pitchers going into the playoffs. How often, right, can they can they move the needle? Do they move the needle? How often did they move the needle? What are the chances they're going to move the needle? Right, so Gallon is that guy. He's a movable He's a needle mover. A movable needle. Jeez, that was so Just, the engine just starting to sputter, right? It's like, we're trying to crash land this thing. Launch pad McQuack style. Middle of middle of October. We got just a couple weeks left, Jay. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. What a, what a ride, man. Made it all the way in. I was trying to, you know, as much as I want to promote, I hate being that person's begging for likes and reviews and stuff before they've earned it. So I figured if I waited this long and I asked for it, maybe I would have earned it. This show is free. If it's free, it's for me. So stick your thumb inside me. That cartoon finger means more than it should. Cartoon bell means more than it should. Five-star reviews on, like, podcast stuff. is. There's no, there's, there's, no, there's nothing like it. It's, just, it's, it's so dumb. Remember, put it on my tombstone. It's all so dumb. It's all so stupid. It's all so stupid. The more you kind of understand the nuance of what that means, it's really going to help you in life. Hopefully something else that you get from this show. Way to think and premiums. We talk about application, risk management, stuff like that. Being aggressive. Being malleable. Trying to be, trying to be humble. Though it is important to be confident and probably toe the line of arrogance and then surround yourself with good people that will 
help you rein it in, right? You don't want people keeping you from that line. Because that's how you kind of push the edge. All right, let's finish it up. Stug, what's up? Do you ever do ladder strikeouts and hits? Well, it's probably a touch late now. But we were sniffing around that with the Daily K leader. Jay and I were like, you could see the smoke coming out. We knew we were onto something. But I'm telling you, when you got to produce the show and all the work, and once it's moving, to try and shift and pivot because there's so little time with all the data, that's definitely something we want to look at, especially on the, if we're going to do Daily K leader again. Long story short, we were trying to hit that Daily Strikeout leader. You know, Jay's really great with understanding the board. Right, if you learn anything from him, it's that it's you know right you don't you don't just blindly follow it, but you lean on the books as a flashlight. The books of the flashlight, right? Where is the value? Then compare the pricing, right? That's when we really started noticing. It's like wait a minute, this guy's plus a thousand to be the strikeout leader. His ten strikeout prop would be plus nine fifty. Let's say something very equivalent where. It's going to take you 10 or 11 to win. You might as well bet that, right? So then I noticed what some of the more popular discords are doing. My man Joke at PTP was doing this, right? Yo, man, I elevate people. I promote. I don't steal nothing. I noticed that. And then maybe they were listening to this stuff. Maybe it was just in my sheets. I don't know. But the point being, though, is there, there is something there to those, the strikeouts in particular. And then we had Matty Williams on, who's excellent with this stuff. Talking about the low bar and finding, right, the, it's similar to what I do with the receptions in NFL. You're looking for pitchers that are going to, you know, pay up a ladder that only needs seven or eight, right? I'm not the type to chase the strider up to 14. I'm the type to chase, you know, Reed Detmers up to eight or you know, whatever, or indiscriminate pitcher or whatever. So thank you for joining up, Stuck. Appreciate you. And you can hit us up with questions at any time, people, at John Legaza on the Bird app. I'm here for you. You know, I appreciate it, man. If you listen to the show and you're dropping in the lingo, I'll know right off the bat you get pushed right to the front because you are one of us. All right, back into the games. So I really tend to like down. Although, man, these Phillies are just built for the playoffs, right? All the big-time hitters, the big-time pitching, and they've gotten just enough from the, from the bullpen. Excellent second-half first righties. Harper, Turner, Schwarber with the 900 OPS down the stretch. Again, this one feels like a dogfight, something if you follow the show through the year, meaning 3-2. This one's 4-3. 3-2. 4-2. 4-3. Meaning, it's decided by a hair. It's going to be a play here or a play there. I'm not going to pretend to know what's going to happen. But also, not saying those are the games to avoid, right? But in maybe not enough strikeouts are there for your ladder prop. And maybe not enough offenses there to start going total bases, hit runs for bees. Not enough offenses there to be, you know, DFSing and all that stuff or doing underdog parlay props and stuff. Which again, why is I'd rather bet on the regular season because there are more opportunities and I don't feel pigeonholed into a spot that I don't really like. This being a spot I don't really like. Gallon's really good, so is the Philly offense. I mean, it's just not much of a surprise. Second half, the disappointing basket for the Phillies really, you know, it's the kind of stuff that I, I want to see if I can put this properly. Right? They, they have some strikeouts. 24% K is probably average, maybe a little bit worse in the league, second half. 
but the double digit walk rate, the high line drive rate, the hard hit rates, and the bow rates, right? So those are the things when we mention good disciplinary metrics, they have to lead into good contact quality or just contact at all. Because you could stand there with the bat in your shoulder, take a ton of walks, and maybe not strike out. But you're not really doing much. The Phillies are that team, when you see the high walk rate, but the high power rate is kind of selectivity, and it also stretches pitchers. You're forcing them in the zone. We know, you know, as good as Gallon is, anybody can get hit by these Phillies. So, now on the other side, you got Wheeler. I mean, he looks like a freaking goat right now. If you told this guy he's the best pitcher on the planet, I'm, I don't know if anybody would disagree. He went six and two thirds in the first game in the playoffs. Gave up one, struck out eight, walked none. Then six and two thirds, gave up two, struck out ten, walked one. Versus Atlanta, I mean, the sweeper had a 42 CSW. The curveball had a 50 CSW. It had an 80% whiff rate. When he's spinning that curve, and we mentioned it, wheeler at home, wheeler at home, wheeler at home. And then I won't do all the conspiratorial stuff with the ball again. But when I have a pitcher that has an off-speed pitch that we think of as being erratic, but then you find out that they have kind of wicked home road splits, sometimes I just, you know, frog DNA. Jurassic Park, right, filling the, fill the spots. I'll frog DNA it where, like, you know, that was it. The curveball performed well at home. So I think Wheeler's, Wheeler's numbers on the road might have been a little bit better. And ERA is stupid. I did this dive earlier on. Wheeler said at 16 and a half outs, Gallon at 15 and a half. Oh man, that's tough. I don't know how Gallon. Man, I kind of like the Gallon 16 and a half. Although I feel like Matt used to tell me to avoid those for whatever reason. So I got to get. Wait, we're 16 and a half is five, five and two thirds from Gallon. Let's take a look. I mean, from. Um, from Wheeler, my bad. That's what I get for doing this stuff. I should have ranked it before. Gallon, 15 and a half. Wheeler, 16 and a half. Sorry, that is correct in case I had misspoke. Man, Jay, I think we got to go with the Wheeler outs. It's hard not to. Again, I'm going to... I'm bucking it, man. I don't know if I'm buying what the Diamondbacks are selling on offense. I feel like we have just might have seen the spurt. I'm going with the fills. I actually think... I don't know if you could... I don't know if you could bet this. I think the Phillies just kill Diamondbacks. Like, kill them. Like, if I could, if I could look for a, you know, sweep, I think I might bet that, like, honestly, like, for some, just some wicked stuff. It would depend on the pricing. I don't see it right now. Jim Pine, welcome, man. Always great to see new faces in the comment section at this time of year. You can't even understand what it means to us. As most baseball shows are wrapping it up or giving up, no one cares. Or you could tell they're not doing any kind of hard work or analysis. They're, you know, feet up and just joking about stuff, doing all subjective. Man, I knew I was going to come with some narrative stuff, so I wanted to bring some heat. Jim, super sharp, got down 14 and a half on Saturday. Oh, now that's that's what I want. That's how I feel about the the Framber and Eovaldi ones. I I know there are quick hooks in the playoffs. I don't. I just don't. Those guys, these, we're getting to the point now. This is wheat from the chaff. These are the very best in the bigs, and they are, they're sharp. Jim says, glad to be here. Really appreciate it. Oh, bet the Phillies to sweep at plus 950. Read my mind. If I could find it, I would take that at plus 950. 
I'm 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 just not buying it. I'm sorry. I think the Diamondbacks run was awesome. I think these baby snakes have a super bright future. I think Corbin Carroll is one of the best players in the league. I love Zach Allen. He's in all my fantasy teams. Like I do not want to shortchange him or be bad mouthing this team. That said, I think the run is over. I think it starts today. I think Wheeler smushes them. And then they just come back to life. In the playoffs, Corbin Carroll, Moreno, Walker, and Marte have a 985 OPS or better. Paven Smith and Lourdes Gurriel hit home runs off Wheeler in the regular season. Marte, Gurriel, and Moreno have a plus 480 expected woman. If you are the ultimate contrarian, those are the guys. Tim also got Phillies in five at plus 520. I like that also. You know me, I love to combine James Super Sharp, man. Really, really appreciate this because I like when people, again, write about malleability and I'm, I may be, have like the soapbox and kind of professorial, but I'm all about the open door. It swings both ways. I love to build futures tickets where the any hit is a nice profit. That's so key to betting, in my opinion, at least. You feel good about something? You will get it. Yeah, the sweep. Listen, it's 10 to 1. There's a reason. It's 10 to 1. But, man, I really like that to back it up with the plus 520 if you could find those. I'm going to go look for those also. OPMG says, underlying indicators for the Diamondbacks have been incredible all season. I think you might like the Diamondbacks offense more than I do. I, I mean, I got, I, I, I'm telling you, this is the stuff that just resonates for me. Again, doesn't make me right. I don't know if it makes me wrong. We'll find out. I mentioned struggles Early, the split struggles with Texas, way more pronounced with the Diamondbacks. Bottom five expected Woba versus righty second half. I mean, this is a monster, monster sample. Arizona with a 295 expected Woba versus righties. Five and a half bow rate as a team down the stretch. Disciplinary stuff is strong. 44 ground ball, sub 40 pull. I'm sorry. Unless you got something I'm not seeing. The disciplinary stuff, sure, I will grant you that. The disciplinary stuff for the Diamondbacks has been very strong. They've been able to turn it into a very high quality of contact, and that's been the predication for the success. And I, I get it. I don't know if you get that versus Wheeler, and I would definitely have to push back that the advanced stuff I think is poor. I mean, sub-300 expected Woba second half. I don't know. I guess maybe I could have looked at like a last 30. Again, I'm right. I'm not trying to... I just... I, I don't see it. And I was looking at the big sample, but well, who's for me right now? Those Diamondbacks look like not to be messed with. Again, I think Wheeler puts the foot on the throat. And, and then I think that just kind of tails, it tails off. Right, Gallon is the strong suit. The Dodgers just kind of wet the bet. I mean, what happens in small samples, the best hitters, Betts and Freeman, which they are, can fall apart and it happens. The Phillies not built like that. They're It's, man, it's, again, subjective, stupid narrative stuff. They're just built for this. Yeah, Bryce Harper is bullshit, man. He really is. Attitude, Turner, baller. Trey Turner, baller. Plus, he already kind of come off his, right, the tie-in, one of our favorite lessons. Oh, I heard Jay mention this on his show. Sine waves. Take something away from the show for the season. Sine waves. Things happen in waves. They don't happen in perpetuity in either direction. Downs. Trey Turner, who we know is objectively one of the best players of this, like, generation. Right, easily in the last decade, everything backs that up. Analytics, statistics, plus you no know, anecdotal stuff. 
he went through the worst half you could ever imagine. What did you think the bounce back was going to be like? Right now, Philly's just hitting on all cylinders. The aces are pitching well. I don't see how the Diamondbacks can, can roll with them. They need this game, though. They get this game. It obviously, it's a big help. But I think the Diamondbacks absolutely need this game. I don't think the Phillies need this game. You know, I think the Phillies are going to be a favorite every single game of the series. So that'll do it. We got some pitching props. I like that. I'm into it. I'm into it. See, it took me the whole season to kind of warm up, warm up to them. Jay, do us all a favor, and because I was a little kind of dis disjointed a bit today, just show everybody again what we got. Did you hit the Wheeler one? I wanted the Wheeler one for sure. I think Wheeler's going. Wheeler's going six, yo. So Jay, I'll scroll for you. I'm not reading them out anymore because if you're on audio looking for the video, you go over to YouTube, your darn self. Make sure you press the like button while you're over there because it really matters more than it should. Really matters more than it should. So from Jay and Jay, we do appreciate you for jumping on with us. We'll be back every day with their games, bringing you that smoke and hopefully at least a handful of bets to get you paid in the shade and laid like an egg. Hey, like that one. So enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy the pay. We will be back tomorrow. Game two of the National League is on regardless. We'll be back with a single game breakdown with your favorite host, favorite host. So enjoy it, baby. And remember, when you work this hard, there's a lot less like luck, yo. Peace out.